Hello and welcome to the Jewish Mother Me podcast. This is the podcast in which we, three Jewish mothers, want to tell you the very best and worst bits about being Jewish mothers and having been mothered by Jewish mothers in the hope that what we've learnt and we're still learning and hope to learn in the future will somehow enrich your life, will bring you wisdom, will bring you joy, will bring you maybe memories of a bit of pain, but also that ultimately by the end of this podcast, you'll feel maybe a little bit better about the world or maybe you'll see the world in a different way. My name's Angela Epstein. I'm Elopian. Hello. And I'm Lindover. And we're three friends and we've been friends forever. Um, we've got the great, well, I was going to say we've got the grey hair to show it, but two of us have covered it up. <laughs> That's a subject for another podcast, It I is, think. it is. You can tell who's <laughs> kept the grey hair going. Why have you got the grey hair going? Oh, because I'm lazy. <laughs> mostly, Hardly. mostly. Okay, you see, Jewish mothers, that's the thing. We find an answer for things, don't we? And we hope that at the end of it, that there'll be some takeaway wisdom too. Uh, you don't have to be Jewish. You don't have to be a mother. You don't have to be female. You can be male. We don't care what you are. The whole idea is that we're bringing what we've learned and what we're still learning because it is a bit of an, an open curve, a learning curve. Um, and we tackle different subjects each week. Now then, this week, Noemi, you have the accent having been brought up in Munich and, and lived a continental lifestyle. Tell us what the, the name of the word is, which is the subject for this week's podcast. Bruegers. Bruegers, which is really a simmering resentment, ongoing resentment. And I said it almost sounds, or the way I pronounce it, onomatopoeic, that you can say Bruegers. <laughs> and you can hear the Bruegers, the harsh, um, guttural, um, not that, consonants. Um, so I feel that you can almost hear it and it, it, it's prolonged and it's hard and it's difficult. And of course, it involves people and it's never one side. It's at least two, if not more. And I think we all have stories, don't we, girls, we about Bruegers? Yes. So, so just to put it into context. So a Bruegers is is the word that we use amongst Jewish circles to sort of add whatever it's it's to describe some kind of pent up inexplicable rage and frustration it can be at a family level it can be at a communal level um it can be something that can start off as something simple and and trivial and then it simmers and it can go on for a long time but the idea is that although it's entrenched a lot in our culture we see it in lots of different cultures too and we want to kind of work our way through it and think, find a way out of it i think sometimes um when you have a broigus especially in families they can go back so far previous generations that you can't even remember how it started you just know that you don't speak to that side of the family or that side of the family um in the same room are quite uncomfortable together do so we, yeah do, do we know where i mean noemi fantastic pronunciation do we know where the the word comes from that that um that Bruegers comes from uh, well, it's I'm it's Lynn speaking, not Br Noemi. Who Noemi is our no no. Uh, so, usual. so Noemi, Noemi oh, right, had the okay. great pronunciation. Sorry. We've got the flat North Manchester um, accent. Baraiges apparently means an argument in Hebrew, and that's where it came from originally. As Yiddish is a sort of hybrid of um, Hebrew and um, Eastern European languages, and um, we and they but they seem to invent words in Yiddish that sp are very specific to specific situations. For instance. A Bruegus is a specific sort of 
argument that is um, long term and wearing and is soul sapping. <laughs> um, and th- there's other words like machatonim, which is a name for your um, married uh, children's parents, the opposite side, or which the, the fuckers, who? probably. They will be the machatonim. <laughs> so there are specific words in Yiddish that are particularly descriptive and. Um, wonderful for applying to certain situations and broigus is one of them. But broigus is a hybrid word, isn't it? It's a, it's a hybrid word. It's a Yiddishized version of the Hebrew word broigus. So b means uh, it's in, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and broigus or rogus is, is agitation or anxiety, apparently. So you've, you've, you've got this kind of coming together of, uh, of the, these different words. Um, and I read somewhere, I was, I was reading an article about the concept of broigus and it said Broigus is the pornography of the Jewish community. I, I thought this is a bit weird. It means it's the sort of it's the sort of thing that elicits our fascination, and it it sells newspapers, and it's you know that and even the best families have Broiguses, don't they? I Absolutely. mean, you know, we just need you, to look at our beloved royal family to see oh, that the rifts and arguments and um, discomfort that. Uh, family situations bring about um, can be very hurtful and very long term and very difficult to heal. So how I mean, how does in particular they happen with families? And, and, and we hope we always hope with our Jewish mother me podcast where we want to mother you and smother you and bring you in and show you how maybe you can take away some of the stuff that we've learned from being mothered and smothered by Jewish mothers. Um, why, why is it that eubroiguses can happen with, with the people that matter most as yeah. opposed to... I feel that I'm still learning. I feel it's an <laughs> ongoing learning curve. And I think the reason it matters with people, with uh, who it matters with most, like Lynn said, initially is, is families or where it occurs often. And that's because we don't have any boundaries. We, um, I think we expect more of families and we don't have the same boundaries as we keep with friends. So often we would say more than we do to friends, you know, express yeah. ourselves more vocally and also expect, of course, a lot more. And therefore it happens. And often it happens for, a, like Angela said, for a mild reason. It's nothing really too serious. But the pain is often quite deep and we're sensitive because it is family and we love them. And, you know, the, the opposite of love is hate. So the feelings are very strong. So often if, if, if you'd sleep on it for 12 hours or, or you'd take some distance almost immediately, you could, you could reason. Mm. But it's such a, it comes from such an, often an emotional place. Yeah. And then often people mix in and the whole thing goes worse rather than better, particularly in, in families. It often tends to grow rather than decrease. I think just because you've got the same um, background and upbringing doesn't mean to say you think the same and you expect your siblings to, if it is a sibling that you've uh, got a broigus with, to to behave the same as you. And it just doesn't happen that way. And, And as you try and teach your children, always be the better person and always, it doesn't matter how other people behave, as long as you behave properly, that can only go so far before... Uh, you feel the hurt enough to to react and but it's that, hard. That, that, that's the kind of, to me, that's the epicentre or the nerve centre. Uh, Noemi and Lynn are both medical professionals, so I'm always very worried when I stray into medical symbolism because they're probably thinking, oh, what is she talking about? <laughs> probably think that a lot about me. Not but uh, but uh, thank you. It'll be two and six. Thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, the, medi- the nerve centre of the Bruegus is almost... It is. You're right. It's it's hurt, isn't it? Because if I if I stole 
£500 from you um, or ran off with your husband, um, (laughs) she'd say, take him, take him and shut the door behind you. Lynn, is that what you said? (laughs) I'm saying nothing. (laughs) Run off with him. I couldn't run a bath. (laughs) That's like a proper reason for an argument. That's like a serious reason to fall out. I fleece you of money or or I'm I'm deceitful or or I took something from you. A broidus is more of a hurt, isn't it? It's when somebody's, you're hurt by something as opposed to, uh, and and that's why, just using the royal like, the royal family as a, as an example, because we knew you're listening, Mom. Um, is that um, is that there's so much hurt when you look at the the Harry and Meghan or way before that with Diana, and I think that's what we're trying to 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 make everybody understand is when you've got a broigus. Sometimes people are even dismissive about it. They might say to you, "Oh, you broigus with somebody." Don't you think so? Correct, very much so. And and or dismissive, almost, oh, don't be silly. It's ridiculous. And often it is ridiculous. And often it is miscommunication. But it comes from a place of, of pain and definitely from a place of emotion. And therefore we do need often our intellect in order, in order to resolve these things because emotions are overpowering. What it do you can, think, Lynn? You don't I agree? Think, no, I think broiguses are often... Uh, they can be for very serious reasons, but sometimes they're for, for ridiculously trivial yes, reasons. Yes. If uh, One of our bar mitzvahs, because I've got three boys, so we made three bar mitzvahs. Which is the uh, coming of age. Which is the coming of yeah, age. Yeah, a boy at 13, it's a huge family get-together and a big party, and it's usually fantastic. But some of my um, relations were um, seated closer to the top table than <laughs> other relations. And then so this relation almost got a tape measure out to measure how much closer the other relations (laughs) were to the top table and made very uh, pointed and um, resentful remarks about this and so it can be something as as just trivial and inconsequential of that or it could be being cut out of the will I suppose of something but uh, you're right but I think the if somebody was cut out of a will or somebody um, did the dirty on them in business or really, really did something that any rational person, if you looked at it on a piece I suppose of paper... it's not really a broigus then, Yeah, you would say, I can absolutely mm. get that. Whereas sometimes broiguses are quite idiosyncratic. Because Correct. when you say that, well, you know me and I were chuckling when you said that. And if you'd passed me a piece of paper that said... Uh, I've no idea who your relatives are. I do. Um, and said, <laughs> saying nothing else. <laughs> saying nothing. I have a good lawyer. Um, and said, you know, like, oh, what? And she really said there were six inches, man inches? No, Probably something inches. like that. Um, between, um, sorry, between tables. You'd say that's ridiculous, but that, would, that was actually genuinely hurtful to them, wasn't it? And, and Lynn, and you can see exactly, it was really hurtful to them and you felt awkward and yet you can see how ridiculous it was because you don't feel the pain of the previous generation yet you got embroiled in it because they almost asked you to take sides or take their stance and not to make any difference between one and the other so you're exactly right Angela it isn't always a big reason it's this 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 comes from the emotion it comes from the heart seat and then unfortunately it's allowed to fester and the worst thing is often in families um, you know families ask to take sides or ask it to oh, pass down the generations yes. and they get deeply hurt when you say as a younger generation this is ridiculous let's stop we love you both it's I think enough. we have it's very hard though um, with a, a different broigus that we had in our family <laughs> we sound like You're a bit of a family not really not we, we, we have halos <laughs> for, for one of our bar mitzvahs we wanted everyone to be there 
both sides, all sides of the families, and we almost engaged the United Nations to come in <laughs> to try and resolve um, whatever it was uh, that was going on. And eventually, all parties agreed to be in the same room as each other. So that was that was good. But and, did, yeah. But, but the, the thing is that that um, the I mean that there are the Bible is literally is is literally sort of littered with with broiguses you know um jacob and esau fell out and they you know one could say well what's the big what was the big argument over i mean there's lots of kind of jewish heritage behind all this uh, but the problem is that when you like you say when you look at these things and you look at them um it's almost like broigus is something that is going to be gifted from generation to generation. So, for example, and I'm sorry we seem to be focusing on table plans, because broigus is very much a simmering resentment. Mm. So when whenever we've done table plans for, um, again, a bar mitzvah, which can be sort of quite a large gathering if you want to make a formal do, and you can have, some people can have, you know, a couple of hundred people there. It can be like a big wedding. Even if you have 30 people there, if you want a table plan, so there isn't that stampede to find out where you sit and you've got all these people to seat the way we've started table plans at home is we've sat down and said right who's got a broigus with who because i know that they need to be on table one and they need to be on table 19 because that way those two we know are going to be apart um don't you think so you've sort of because it, it creates problems for everybody else when you know yes, there's and a then broigus of course it your... affects the atmosphere of, mm. of the event and that and that's terrible to actually feel that and be marred by it so the the knock-on effects are actually huge um, yeah. of that which is which is such a shame a huge shame do you, do you think that sometimes this is classic jewish broigus is um sometimes it goes on so long and it becomes so deeply embedded <laughs> they've forgotten what they were broigus over 100%. my my late mum said uh, and um I can't remember if I've got this entirely right, but the thrust of it was that somewhere in, in Cheatham Hill, which was a, an area just outside the centre of Manchester towards the north of the city, where a lot of Jewish um, people settled when immigrants when they first came to the city at the turn of the last century, and it used to be a, a very heavily populated Jewish area. And it was very much one of those interdependent communal areas. People were out on their doorsteps and, and that kind of thing. And there were two, I think there were two sisters who had a Bruegus. Mm. And didn't speak to each other, even though they lived in the same street and they'd be out yeah. scrubbing their front steps. Yeah. And I remember, I think mum told me this story and it was like, well, what was it about? And she said, nobody ever knew. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's so more long. common than we realise. I, th I think it's very common. And I don't think it's just amongst Jewish people. I think it's just human nature. It is. I think the thing about a Bruegus is as well is that it rumbles on. Mm. It, you don't mm -hmm. have a big shouting match and sort something out and then hug each other at the end. It just rumbles on and on and you maintain your stiff upper lip whenever you go out yes. and choose to either ignore someone across the room or or just sort of put a very cheesy, gritted smile on and behave normally. But it, you're still... It's still going on in the back of your mind. Definitely. I, you see, when my bro I know when my broigus radar's on, because you just have to spot people in a crowd, look that they've sucked on a lemon before they've mm. stepped out the front door, they've got that expression. True. And sometimes, I mean, I had somebody who lived near me once. I didn't live that close to me. I've got to be so careful, this is litigious. <laughs> um, so um, 
that I, I remember there, were, there was a lady that I knew and I, I saw her coming, walking down the road near where I lived and she was sort of swathed in a, a kind of headscarf um, which women tend to cover their, their heads in, in the Jewish religion if they're going into the synagogue or if they're going to some kind of yeah. religious situation. Um, you know, maybe even going to, to the cemetery if they're going to attend a funeral because there will be some kind of religious element to, to the service inevitably. So she was swathed in a headscarf and I, and I, so, but not in a fancy way and I said, oh, are you okay? She said, well, actually, um, my, my brother just passed away and I'm, I'm you know, we're, we're going out to sort out the arrangements. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. She said, well, we never spoke. <laughs> so she had, she was on her way to do all the stuff. She was writing, but yeah. they didn't. Do, I mean, do you think it's women more than men? Is that, you know, is, I mean, I know we're three women. I hate to women. admit that. It would be interesting, actually, to look it up statistically. There is such a thing, whether it's true think, or not. What do you think, straw poll wise? I think, yes, sadly. Do you think that's... I, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a difficult I one to, to tell. Admit that. Yeah, I don't know. because interesting. Because what you say, Lynn, is so right. The problem is, is that it it, it simmers like a like a, a schissel, which is the Yiddish word for a big pot of soup, on mm. the on the hot plate uh, on the stove. It, does. it doesn't boil over, right. and it's not spectacular. Okay, so we've set the scene for the Bruegers. You may, I hope, you don't have one in your life. Where what we're trying to do is arm you with the weapons to deal with them and fight it so it doesn't become something that that blights your existence uh, it may be something with friends or family something you've never resolved the question is how do you go about resolving the broigus you see at least if you have a shouting match you can get you it know. all out you can hurl the kitchen sink at them the Bruegesses are more difficult to resolve, aren't they? Yes, and when we did resolve our bar mitzvah for Bruegess, is this tape measure previous? No, no, <laughs> this, this was just, this was something else. This is a generational thing. Oh, another one? Um, yeah. I'm keeping my scores. A generational thing. <laughs> um, we tried to get both parties to, in the room and we didn't really resolve it, resolve it, but we me- it meant that everyone was, it had ratcheted the whole situation down to being within tolerable limits and everyone was able to um, be in the same room even though they were probably looking daggers at each other for the entire evening but it meant that for us um, and for my son whose bar mitzvah it was it was a much easier occasion and instead of threatening we're not coming if they they're going to be there type situation it meant everybody was there for us and it was much much better but it still never really completely resolved no but the thing the thing is that we you know we don't want to sit here as as three smug um, disproportionately good-looking women. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the beauty of audio. You Speak can talk for rubbish. Perfect voice. Perfect face for radio. But um, I, I can't, forgive me, but we were chatting about it the other week and uh, one of you, it may have been Lynn, but uh, said that it, if, if you're in the, the firing line of a Bruegus, it, it eats away at your soul. Yes, because like you can't help but feel Bruegus about something. If somebody does something that just don't you think so and how how do you as the person because you lynn you were talking about when it's two other parties and you're just trying to feel this thing and make it go away but when you're on the receiving end of it or feeling it the injured party how how do you climb out of that i think it's almost hard to to go to these some social occasions knowing that the other party may be there 
and yeah, you're sort of it makes you nervous just how to even go out how would you climb out of it Angela how would I climb out yeah. well I'm the biggest if you ever need eggs come to my house because I'm the biggest <laughs> chicken that ever walked the planet I think um, you'll find more eggs at my house oh yeah you have chickens got, in the back garden Lynn has got a chicken I could have a broigus with that chicken because have I ever seen so much as an egg from that well, chicken well it's not very well at the moment so <laughs> it's not oh, really. I'm anyway sorry. never mind okay, I wish you a as they say in Hebrew I wish you a refu shalema to your chicken thank you very much thank okay, you I'm, I'm sorry to hear that recovery yes it has it's completely thrown me now hearing about your poorly chicken sounds a bit rude that anyway but the thing is that how do Mm. how would one get out of it my late mother used to say um and i was very much a product of my mum in the sense that i'm i walk around with a head full of her sayings but i'm not very good at putting them into practice so she used to say you win more wars with honey Hmm. In other words, it's true though. But you know, when you when you have a broigus though, the the hurt is quite hard. So, in answer to your question, how do you get out of it? Um, There's a lot of teeth gritting that goes on, don't you think? What about you when when you've been hurt? What what do you do? I think it has to come. I always split it, and it has to come from an intellectual place. And I always say in the Jewish religion, even though we say, you know, we have the broigus and I think it's a human thing as much as a Jewish thing. We also in our religion have a day where we forgive people or where God forgives us. And so I always say to my kid, that day, you're right, is called Yom Kippur's the day of atonement. It's also an opportunity for us to ask for forgiveness of other people as well. I mean, it's not just granting to that very much. No, 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 say it. No, no, true. Sort of talk, talk us through Yom Kippur. It's um, it's it, Yom Kippur is, is the day of atonement. Um, it's the most not, serious day of the year yeah. in, in, in the Jewish calendar. So, yeah, quite right. So the way that we ask forgiveness of God, we also ask forgiveness of each other. And I always say if if the godly creature for, can forgive us, how much more so a mere human being can have it in their power to forgive. And then I always say, we try not to be quite right, to people who find it difficult, and that's because mainly my kids are bored of my sayings, is if it's difficult to forgive, I understand that you can't forget, but you must forgive. And I think the more you practice these sort of things, and here, everybody, girls, I'm talking to myself and dear listener as much as to you, the more you do it, the more you easier you'll find to do it. And it's actually a much easier life because I know that... I've had broigers too, and when I have this broigers, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually hurting as much. <laughs> I'm actually hurting as much, maybe as the other person, if not more. I I can't bear it, so I can't bear to have any, you know, upset with people. I'd rather disappear or leave. And I am quite um, voracious. Is that a word? I I do, you know, I do speak up. I do say my mind. Unfortunately, I often don't have a sieve, and so. Um, I accept that, and yet I feel it's something that we have to practice. I think I think one of the things we discussed in preparation for this podcast... We don't prepare, Lynn. There are is, no notes here. <laughs> do, is, this is a spontaneous is, coming is, together uh, of three women. <laughs> regarding our children. Yes. Uh, which is yeah. a whole You mean different... on behalf of your children with yes, other parents? Yes, 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 that is always a can of worms, uh, isn't it, Angela? It's tiger mother, isn't it? What's the the, the thing is, yeah, well, the, so the Jewish mother, and I think any mother, but obviously we're bringing you this podcast today from the perspective of our, of our experiences as Jewish mothers and having been mothered by Jewish mothers, of course, you know, this is, this is not just about being parents, um, is that um, you feel, the Jewish mother feels 
the needs of her children very deeply, as I'm sure many mothers do. There's the old joke about why do you never put Jewish mothers on uh, on juries? Because they say, I'm guilty, guilty, and I'm talking about me, never mind him in the dock. You know, because we feel things so deeply. So a classic Bruegus would be when two kids will have a spat over something and the mother gets involved. Um, I... I'm in hypothetically would know of such a situation <laughs> where um, and a, a certain mother got involved in a certain situation with with one of my children. And I said to the mother, leave it. They will sort it out for themselves. No, but she true. insisted on wading in. And as a consequence, things got a little bit difficult because then the kids get upset. And then and then I found that sort of, I was going to say unforgivable, but I'm supposed to be forgiving. <laughs> but it, the idea was that this Bruegus, so we never fell out, but there is, I, I keep coming back to this word, this a resentment, simmering, almost a simmering yeah. resentment. And the kids have made up six months ago and you're still left feeling this resentment, which Absolutely. is quite hard. But do you not think also that um, part of the difficulty with the Bruegus is that it, as Noemi says, who's a massively magnanimous person, and we do hardly. have Yom Kippur. Okay, hardly. You're right. Um, <laughs> and we do have Yom Kippur, and it is a day of atonement. We have this one day every year just after the Jewish New Year when we say our forgiveness. But it's very hard to forget. Yeah, so even if you do forget, forget, it's hard to stop defining that person through the prism of what you've experienced with yeah, them. 100%. But don't you think with time things get easier? No. Sometimes. Sometimes. We've all got um, childhood yeah, no, that's stories true. we yeah, can you're right. regurgitate. That's true. I remember being, as a student, having a sort of tacit agreement with a friend of mine that if she heard of any events going on, she'd tell me and if I heard of any events uh, going like on... social events. Of, social events, yeah. just sort of, Parties you know, and things. going student events, I'd tell her. And um, I can just remember being somewhere accidentally and not being part of this huge student event. And she was right in there <gasps> taking part. And this was, I mean, if I am... Whatever age I am. Well, don't you? No. This was this five was now. This but was... you never forget that hurt. You don't. don't so that so, hurt. so we're talking 30, probably 37 years ago. I still remember it. And I still, every so often, think about it. And it, and it hurt a lot. Hater. <laughs> well, but it's true. The very fact that you, as a... As as a medical professional, as a as a wife, as a mum, as a as a wonderful friend, a good daughter, all of these things, and yet that it, that's the brogus, isn't it? The that's, needle, it's the, the needle. needle that it's, pricks that's it's the, the hurt. Hurt. It goes back to the it's hurt a, and the being pain. Human. The I think yeah. it's being human and being fallible, and you can't just switch off your feelings. It, yes. They are there, yes. and and you can try and be the better person all the time, but it's not always possible. Yeah. And, and the other thing I have to ask add is to say that it needs two to resolve the Bruegers, the resentment. Both sides have to want it. So even mm. though one side can say, I have been hurt and it's still hurting, but my intellect tells me, come on, let's make up and let's move on. Life is too short. All these cliches are true. But if the other side is unwilling to mend or to change and you get, as you say, Angela, this continuous needling and that mm. resentment stays, then it's very difficult to rise above the situation and to actually remove it. I agree. Yeah. I agree because, again... Uh, I um, think we all know examples of that True, sadly. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Again, um, I don't know if your, your mothers... Our, our mothers were very much repositories of, of sayings and potted wisdoms and phrases and grandmothers. A, a couple of mine that, that my mum, who never, ever fell out with anybody because she had it drilled in her always be the good one 
and um, also, um, so so be the good one. Always, always sort of take that perspective and always accept an olive branch. She was this, in fact, my husband used to say to me, because one of the things it's often said in Jewish religion, if you want to know what the girl's going to be like, look at the mother. <laughs> so he looked at the mother and married me on the basis of my mum being a kind, benevolent, benign soul. He said he was shafted, royally <laughs> 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 shafted. Um, but Noemi, you're absolutely right. Both have to want it because if one of you really wants it and the other one is doing it through gritted teeth, it doesn't really, you have a fragile piece, don't you? You have yeah. a fragile yeah, piece. Yeah, but if you are the one to make the first move, you are definitely claiming the moral high ground. Mm. And that is something that is so important. You claim the moral high, high ground, make the first move if you possibly, possibly you can steal yourself to do it and you'll feel much better about mm. yourself. And really that's what the most important thing is. You need to feel like you're being the better person. Mm. Yeah, so we need to look at our, our takeaway wisdom really about, because obviously... And we obviously, said, yeah, yeah, often it happens, like we said, with siblings and with people we, lo- we love or close friends, but it also happens very often with in-laws as well. And I think the minute the word becomes an in-law, mm. things so this change. Is in, this is so family you haven't think, chosen, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, family you haven't chosen. Yeah. You probably don't choose any of your well, family, you, be it blood or in-law. You don't want to make your husband or wife choose between you or Correct. their parents, which Correct. is a very difficult... That's make, a classic a very, one, isn't it? Very difficult situation. Yeah. yeah. And unfor- unfortunately, I've never had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> for once, you haven't got a brogus for that one. But, but, the, but the truth is we... The thing is that one of the things that motivated us to do the Jewish Mother Me uh, podcast is we say we always joke we want to mother you and smother you and and bring you all the the great benefits of the Jewish Mother that we've learnt or are still learning is that we always hope as we draw towards the end of our podcast that we give you takeaway wisdom that how you can come out the other side of it or how what you've learnt from from what we've learnt um, and and what we're still learning believe me uh, we always agree we're very much work in progress aren't we we certainly are we certainly are and I think uh, Lynn you're absolutely right about when when you say the great the moral high ground but also know how to receive that olive branch I remember somebody uh, very much um, upsetting me over again it always kept looking back it always sounds almost cringeworthingly trivial um, it, it always comes back to table plans and where you sit so there was a there was a charity yeah. event and somebody was organising it we'd been asked to make a table of, of ten up and some friends of ours wanted to sit with us so I got onto the organiser and said actually is it possible to make it a 12 and this person said I'd rung him up and you know how some people go into performance mode when they know other people are listening yeah. so rather than just speaking to me he was speaking to his audience in this case his kids so he he blasted me and said what do you mean do you not think I've got enough to worry about and I, when he finished this invective his kids in the background went yay which <laughs> can you imagine made me feel about two yeah. inches so the next time I saw this chap I um narrows it down to 50% of the population mm-hmm. um, I, I said to him you know your behaviour was disgusting you know I understand you couldn't accommodate me but why humiliate me anyway um, just before Yom Kippur came around there are, there are what we call the 10 days of, of kind of repentance and reflection between the Jewish New Year and, and Yom Kippur the Day of Atonement and that's a key time to start focusing on, on repentance mm. he stopped me in the street he saw me and he said I just want to say for that and for anything I've ever done that may have upset you, please forgive me. And that's the key thing, isn't it? To say yes. Not everybody's very good. At th- I did say yes, but 
it's not always it's easy, also, is it? If you're the person who's got to say yes, it's say yes without qualifying it or putting conditions on it because it's very easy to say yes. But if you'd not done this or that in the first place, it would <laughs> don't do that. Just say yes. Yeah, and, absolutely. Because no, otherwise, you. you can go back to yeah. another argument <laughs> just, and, just and, and, and roll back to the yes, roll back to the circle just, rather than just doing that. Exit. Yes. Yes. A wise person said to me. Um, I can't remember who it was, but somebody said to me, um, when somebody says, I'm sorry, do you forgive me? Say yes and never put the word but after the yes. No. So our takeaway wisdom this I week, girls, we've got... We were one of the wise persons <laughs> that told you that. Go on, yes. So here wisdom. we are, three worn-out, multitasking Jewish women from North Manchester on the Jewish Mother Me podcast. And we're trying to tell you this week about Bruegesses, those ongoing bubbling resentments that can happen in life maybe from trivial things maybe from things that get out of hand don't they they sometimes they happen and they and our takeaway wisdom this week so i so lynn the key thing you want people to remember about bruges is well always try and be the better person and um like you tell your children if you behave properly or i tell my children if you behave properly you can't control what other people are doing, so do the right thing if you possibly, possibly can. Absolutely. Apologise and forgive. Make the move. And mine is never forget. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. I think, OK, in, in tribute to my late mother, you do win more wolves with honey. You give, you give people nowhere to go when you say, I am sorry, rather than saying... What did you kick off for? It was such a stupid thing in retrospect. Just say... Oh, I'm sorry, but... Yes, I'm sorry, worst. but... And just remember, especially if it's somebody, as we said right at the beginning, it's often people that are meaningful in your life. There's too much good stuff here to mm. chuck away. So we do hope you don't have a Bruegus, don't we, in, in Very your Very much so, yeah. We, we do hope that there won't 100%. be Bruegesses and that, that life is, is sort of, you know, smooth and meaningful for you. But And we it, hope you resolve all your own Bruegesses because... Uh, it, they eat away at your soul yes they do that, that's absolutely the tagline and you know they eat away at your soul so we do hope you enjoyed our podcast look out for more and you can get the back catalogue too so that's it for this week from me Angela Epstein Naomi and Lynn we say thanks so much for listening to Jewish Mother Me see you soon bye bye <laughs>